artha, kama. Anas Guru Maharaj say, we go put down the volume mm-hmm. almost to zero. We let him one. Moksha. <laughs> so whispering is there because we are thinking about something that is not so uh, so common and, and so required. Many people are not interested in moksha actually. As Krishna said, between those who are interested in that, fewer people are interested in something more confidential and more confidential. So Veda generally are dealing about how to become a, a, a good, nice human being here, balanced citizen, pursue some goals, arthas, which is to be a good citizen here, dharmic person, to develop yourself, develop certain power, stability and financial terms, if you will, and some enjoyment is there. It's part of life. I mean, Veda says it's part of life. It's not the all-in-all of life, but it's part of life, in some degree. But moksha, for moksha we have this section of the Veda called Upanishads. All the other sections of the Upanishads, Samhitas, Brahmanas, Aranyakas, these other three sections are dealing more with these other three things. And Upanishads have to do with esoteric, metaphysical, abstract uh, reality. Extraordinary ideas, neti neti, like this. So, <coughs> Gita, Krishna Bhagavad Gita is saying to Arjuna, try to transcend this trigunya, try to go to the Upanishad section, because he's given Upanishadic vision in the Gita, and Gita is considered the cream of all Upanishads. It's called Gita Upanishad also. Sarbu, Upanishad, Ugabu, Dugdagu, Palanandana. Oh, these other analogies being there. No? Parto Bhakta Sudhir Bhokta Dugdam Gitam Britam Mahat. Nicely, this is depicted in the Bhagavat Mahatmya, in the Gita Mahatmya, sorry. It says, Sarbu Panishado Gabo. All the Upanishads are like a cow. No? Analogy, again. <laughs> like givers. No? Dugda Gopala Nandana. Krishna is the. We have practical experience of that. Krishna is the milker, or the cowherd. Dugda is the Gopala Nandana. Parta Bhakta Sudhir Bhakta. Arjuna is the calf, because in order for the cow to give milk, calf has to be there. So Arjuna is the calf, and Krishna is the milker and Dukdam Gita Amritam Mahat and the Bhagavad Gita is the, the milk that comes from such such cowpan <laughs> such cowshed such combination of who is the cow who is the calf who is the milker what's the milk and the Charya have explained in, in Gita so many levels of of milky products are there <laughs> we have milk on a very basic level and there you have so much much more refined conceptions on cream yogurt Butter and the ultimate ghee, guhyatanam, the, the, the topmost of all secrets. As Guru Maharaj was also saying yesterday very nicely, you know, the whole purpose of whole Mahabharata, at one point we always hear it to reach the feet of the Gita, but the whole purpose of the Gita at one point is to get to the, well, to the cover of the book, basically. You know? If you really have good eyes to see, you will just seeing the cover of the Gita will be enough to understand what's the ultimate purpose. And what's the cover of the Gita? But what's the meaning of that? In the context of what I'm saying. Yeah, basically God is serving his devotee. God is being controlled by the bhakti of his devotee. And particular type of devotee, Arjun, a particular type of bhakti. So... The cover is given the trailer. This is what the book will be about. This is what the whole Mahabharata is about. The whole Mahabharata should like finish in this ultimate point. Krishna being the taxi driver of Arjuna. (laughs) I think today Aradhana published some quote of Guru Maharaj regarding how a Cupid appear on his pirate career and each Devan personality has its career, Brahma coming in the sun, and Shiva, and Nandi, the bull, and whatever, everyone with his Vishnu and Garuda. But generally, in, in, in Braja Lila, 
Krishna is carrying Sri Dham in his shoulders. So he's, he's the carrier, not the carried one. So that is the topmost secret again. Here is similar. Krishna is carrying uh, Arjuna. He's not the carried one. So the Bhagavad Gita, which shows the cream of all Upanishadic knowledge, is saying, transcend the gunas, go to the uh, to the nirgun, basically, to that plane that is not affected by the moves, movements of nature. So I'm saying this as a preface to to dimension a little bit no, what's this verse about, because the verse starts speaking about the Upanishads. <laughs> so, what's Upanishads? Where are the Upanishads no? compared to everything else that's still there for us? It's still there as part of life, maybe, in part or not. Dharma, Artha, Kama, Samri, and Upanishads is exclusively transcendent. <laughs> so, <coughs> so, the Upanishads are here compared to Mauli Ratnamala. Ratnamala is like, Mala is like, like a garland or like a necklace. And Ratna, is like jeweled. So the, the Upanishads are like different sounds, and each sound is compared to a jewel. And all the sounds together make a very nice, like, necklace. That, again, it's a jeweled necklace, so these jewels are very, uh, what's the word? Enlightening, like, irradiate illumination. Because, again, the sounds of the Upanishads are meant to take us out from the darkness of trigunya, of the three gunas, if you will, even from sattva guna, again, that's not so ordinary, I mean, to even transcend sattva guna, when you start to study sattva guna, many people may say, wow, this is spiritual world, <laughs> you have knowledge, you have happiness, that's what I was looking for, and Krishna saying, you have to transcend that, <laughs> a type of knowledge, of course, a type of happiness, not all that is available in the market. <laughs> so, this, uh, this Shruti, Nikila Shruti, all these Upanishads are this like effulgent, no? jeweled, uh, like necklace. <coughs> and the point is, these sounds are shedding light in a particular direction. That's the point. And, and, and it says here, this, this very word, it says, the Rupa Goswami is praying to the holy name. So the nails of your lotus feet are worshipped by the right radiance, radiance emanating from the necklace of jewels known as Upanishads. In other words, the whole canon, Upanishadic canon, is shedding light in this direction. Sri now. I mean, we can say Sri Sri Radha Krishna, but. Srinam is Sri Sri Radha Krishna. That's the point, actually. The whole Upanishads, if we want to, as, as I was saying, all the Upanishads are properly represented in Gita, Gita Upanishad. Gita is ending where? At the feet of Bhagavatam. And Bhagavatam is showing us, in, in its ultimate conclusion, Krishna, Vrindavan, and the superiority of that type of love. And, last verse, is throwing us, as we say the other day, at the feet of Mahaprabhu and Gorlila. Srinam. Nam Sankirtan and Yasya Sarva So in this way we can connect all these things and realize, oh, all these so-called abstract sounds, when properly understood, Vedanta Sutra is the, as we must say, the first attempt of theology and Vyasa's effort to make sense out of these Upanishadic sounds. And the last Interestingly, it's a nice parallel between, he makes it also in the Sikshastakam book, parallel between the Vedanta Sutra and, and Bhagavatam, with the first, I think, four uh, sutras. Janmadiya Seadata, no, sorry, Atato Brahma Jignasa. Vedanta Sutra says, Atato Brahma Jignasa, as Guru said yesterday. At the beginning of the Gita also is Atato Dharma Jignasa. What's Dharma, how to behave properly in the world, society, there's a point where Krishna quickly, in the very first and second chapter, dismisses that, say, no, no, Brahm, Trigunya Visaya Vedan is Trigunya Babarjuna. Leave Dharma and inquire into Brahman, into the nature of spirit, soul, body, transcends Brahman. Wow. So, Atato Brahma Jignasi starts the Vedanta Sutra. It's time for inquire about Brahman. Atato means now. 
Now means now that you can read this line means you have human form. <laughs> now, <laughs> no, if you are a crow, you cannot read the, the Vedanta Sutra. So now that you can read this now, <laughs> that some potential is accompanying you, Brahma Jignasa. You have to inquire into the nature of Brahman, which means inquire into your own nature. I'm, that means inquire into your own potential, because you cannot speak about yourself without the potential that is with you. Einstein said that very nicely. It's the context of science, but it's the same. He said, you, you, you cannot analyze something without, without taking into consideration its potential. Because you can analyze something and say, this is this. But what it can be, it's also there. Maybe it's not now, but the potential to become this and that is there. So, we are also what to speak of inanimate objects, Jivatma has. We are on some place now, but some potential is there, according to the environment that is coming to us. So, so Atato Brahma Jignasa, inquire into the nature of Brahma, into the nature of spirit, consciousness. After that she says, second sutra, Janma Diya Seajata. Means, because you can ask, okay, what's Brahma? First idea, Janma Diya Seajata. Bhagavatam starts like this, Janma Dhyasya, Jatan Bayadi, Tratasya, so on. Janma Asya, Jata. Brahman is that from which everything comes from. That's a very classical idea of, let's say, God the Creator, in other words. <laughs> Brahman, the source of everything. And, well, third sutra say, well, uh, you can ask, okay, Brahman is the source of uh, everything. How can I know about Brahman? So, third sutra, Shastra Jonitvat. Means, Shastra is the womb through which we get knowledge about Brahman. In other words, go to revelation department to know about yourself. Because you are Brahman. Upanishads expressing those terms, you are Brahman. And we are Brahman, we are spirit, we are consciousness. And, but after that, is tattoo, Samambayat, first sloka, means, Okay, go to Shastra, but also understand Shastra in proper context. <laughs> because as C.S. Yamaha said, Shastra is a jungle of sounds. So you can be very easily lost. No? It's like you fall here someplace and, oh my God. Yesterday <laughs> I was walking, I almost go to one side and say, oh, if I fell here. I was, I was chanting Japa after the night program. It was like 8 in the night, so I was with a with the light here and walking and chanting and hopefully I don't fall here because <laughs> it's a jungle <laughs> difficult to get out there so the point is this no? I mean, and the last aphorism of Vedanta Sutra says anabritihi shabdat which means in other words liberation through sound that's the last aphorism of Vedanta which is representing the, the Upanishads to punish it and saying liberation through sound. So, of course, what does it mean? <laughs> so, in this way, Sila Rupa Goswami very concisely, of course, maybe in, all, in, this, in this shloka he's not saying all this, but all this is that, if we have eyes to see. So, he's saying, no? I take complete shelter of, of Harinam, Paritashtam Harinam Swamishrayami, similar to. I reject all false shelter and go to the shelter of Srinam, the most, uh, the most uh, generous disposition of Sri um, Srinam and Krishna, basically. No? He will say after that this famous point, no? Krishna and Krishna's name are not different, but if we want to establish some different, Krishna's name is more merciful than Krishna. <laughs> so, there's a difference. And because of this, we are making this emphasis. No? Mahaprabhu is making this emphasis. But actually, they are non different in another point. Once, once when they ask, someone asked Mahaprabhu, give us your explanation of the holy name. Because sometimes people ask, you know, what does the Maha Mantra mean to you? What's the meaning of the holy name? He said, 
Kamala Shamala Tulsi. Holy name, the whole name of Krishna is Kamala Shamala. For the only explanation I know, he says, of the whole name is he's Shamala. He's dark like Tamala, like the Tamal tree. That's the holy name. Tamala Shamala Tulsi. Sri Yashoda Sanandaye. Holy name is that one who is sucking the breast of Yashoda. <laughs> he explained like this one. Sarva Shastra, Yeah, Sarva Shastra. There is no other explanation found in Shastra, he says. <laughs> like saying, this is the conclusion. The holy name is Sri Krishna himself. And of course, when they say Krishna, we say Radha Krishna, Hari Krishna. And all the associates, all Lila. From Nam comes Rupa, Guna, Lila. And for Lila, you need associates. So the whole entourage is there. So that said, hmm? uh, we return to the analogy. No? Upanishads, these like press jewels of all sounds and effulgent uh, jewels put in together in such a form that they make a very nice necklace for us to get out of entanglement of this world. You may say, "Oh, that's a goal." No? That jewel is. The goal, but that jewel is shedding light into something else. <laughs> Not like Guru see different thing, but he, he said yesterday, no? Okay, Krishna's an enjoyer, someone said, Christ is a great sacrificer. Okay, but sacrifice is pointing into some direction. It's being offered to someone who has to have the enjoying capacity to accept such a sacrifice. Such a sacrificer. <laughs> and Krishna says in Gita, Bhoktaram Yaknyatapasam, I'm the topmost enjoyer. <laughs> it means I can reciprocate properly with the topmost sacrifice. And reciprocate means I will also sacrifice. Right? Reciprocation. So, in the same way, all these Upanishads may seem like the goal, so brilliant, so effulgent, but if you pay close attention, you will see, oh, the light is going in one direction, because you can become just like stunned by the light. Not like if you would try to see the sun midday, like today, you cannot see the sun too much. It's like you see at the back of the ray some circle. It's there, but it's too overwhelming. What to speak of, of knowing what's going on there in the planet? No? Impossible. Again, we need Shastra Yonitwa. We need revelation. We need the Parampara telescope. What we spoke the other day. <laughs> it's not. We will become so much overwhelmed by the rays that we may even conclude. It's only rays. No. Main thing there is light. But from my limited perspective, it's like that. If you are in the sun, light is not too much. <laughs> you take one sun ray out of the sun, sun continues his life without problem. No existential crisis for the sun. <laughs> you take out the sun, and all rays cannot sustain themselves. No. <laughs> so, this light from the Upanishads. This emphasis on Brahman that you find in Upanishad, Brahman, light, energy, yes, it's there. Brahmeti, Paramadmeti, Bhagavanit, Sabjati, but that light is pointing into one direction. So if you look closely, as Guru Mahasantai says also, no, you can look, it's like if you look now here and you say, oh, there is forest. Yeah. <laughs> But still not not very much specific is your appreciation. You start to look closer, oh, there's a tree, there's one bird, there is a monkey, there is one cat. <laughs> oh, there is an ant even. No? You start to become like, what to speak, if you receive some telescope and you start, oh, this, the idea of forest disappear totally. You enter into a whole world of diversity and individuality. So in the same way, this idea of Brahman and only life, it's a very like general, ge generic idea of transcendence. When you receive the proper telescope that takes your attention in a particular direction and makes you see something that you cannot see without it, oh, you start to appreciate, oh, light was pointing to something else and there were so many things there, so many, so much people. <laughs> so this is the idea, no? So Rupa Goswami says, that necklace, that light is pointing hmm? and my, more than pointing, say it's worshipping. <laughs> it's much more emphatic. No? The Upanishads are worshipping the light that comes, the fulgence that comes from the two nails 
of the feet of Srinam. Toenails, sorry. Toenails that come from the feet of Harinam. So the point of the toenails is like trying to give some like the most possible insignificant part of your body, if you will, no? Toenails. <laughs> and in, con- in contrast with the jeweled necklace of the Upanishads. No? Like you say, wow. And they are just worshipping a pair of two nails. Two nails. What's that? <laughs> what must be those two nails? That's the idea. You have to... Because there is a whole campaign on sounds and emanating radiance and light and and they are all of them in concordance in a very harmonic way if you know how to understand Upanishads you understand this whole galaxy of sounds are very like in a concentrated way very attentively and closely worshipping a particular type of two nails <laughs> if that's the two nails only what must be the feet and the smiling face as we said the other day <laughs> of the one who represents that no? so the idea is this no? only the most insignificant if you will aspect of, of Srinam is enough to put the whole Upanishadic canon fall flat on the floor and pay prayers and we find this in so many sections of the scriptures no? the Upanishads praising Krishna no? now we will go in these days there when we are speaking about the preach and mastami events and at one point when, when Devaki is pregnant the Devas the Devas sorry the, well the Devas also but the Vedas appear and start to offer praise to Krishna in the womb the Vedas themselves mm-hmm. after, after that in the, at the end almost of, of the Bhagavad and also the personified truth they also express their desire to enter into Vrindavan Uddhava say the same Shruti Virbhimunigyam the Shruti is are after the realization that the Brajavasis has. So, all this jewel necklace is just like running after what's in, in Vrindavan, and that means what's in Krishna in Vrindavan, and that means what's in Sri Harinam. Because Harinam is that. Harinam is not again Harinam. Yes, but what's Harinam? As Kumara say, what's in a name? We have to be ready to unpack that content for lifetimes and lifetimes. <laughs> we have no rush to go anywhere else. If we have the opportunity of just unpacking the content of the gift we have received, we can we can we can be fully happy with that only. So this is the idea, no? Uh, Harinam has feet, Harinam has nails, toenails Harinam has body, Harinam has identity, Harinam is a person. Actually, there are two persons. And when you look more closely again, the whole lila starts to unfold. And there's more people on different situations and exchange. And all this in this so-called limited sound. Rupa Goswami, poetically speaking, is also creating this. I mean, when one enters into the aesthetic significance of different types of poetry this different like uh, different devices devices like methods whatever I dare no like to create certain type of for example this type of when you take the time to analyze say whoa what an incredible interesting contrast speaking of the crest jewels of the scriptures like a lightning enlightened necklace but all of them are just worshipping the two, all just worshipping a pair of toenails so the idea is that you end up asking what must be in those two nails <laughs> you are not asking oh the, what's in the, in, in the jewel necklace <laughs> you start to think why what's there in that in that direction where the jewel necklace is pointing and you realize oh my, my Guru Bhargava is also trying to take my, my direction my attention into that same direction and just start to say oh I'm so fortunate and because of that I take full shelter into Sri Harinam even in the shelter of his toenails <laughs> that's more than enough <laughs> imagine I mean the, the Shrutis are beyond the Gunas huh? so they do not need to take shelter in Harinam for getting relief of the Gunas because they are beyond the Gunas Shruti. 
we are we may still be under the, the influence of the guna so what to speak <laughs> the shrutis are near guna and they are worshipping another type of near guna in the form of harinam hmm? so hmm. a little bit like that no? <clears throat> and also the feet personally I also feel that this example of the, the feet apart from the toenails the feet that we find over and over again the feet of Sri Guru, the feet of Sri Krishna, the feet of Sri Nam, the feet here, the feet there. It also is like an example of, it's an invitation for humili- humility, you know, because generally, but to look at the feet of someone, you have to hmm, go down. And to really go to those feet, you have to go down fully, like, <laughs> you have to fall to the floor, you know? So it's, it's also an implication is there, you know, to try to start there, you know, as we said the other day, I will, I will take the action of their lordship. I will straight to, go straight to their face. I can start with their feet. <laughs> and gradually. Because if we jump over to their face, if you will, most probably we, we, we are like evading some other, some required humility for arriving successfully, eventually, to their faces. <laughs> if you will. So some people may say also, no, I want to go straight to the smiling face of Sri Harinam, let's say. No, go to the toenails, toenails. Well, the whole shoot is eternally worshipping that, so something cool must be there. <laughs> and if you have not done your own ex- research and experience there, you cannot speak. I mean, we, we can really, with justification, we can say, I want the, the holy face, if you will, the sweet face of Krishna and Sri Nam only after you have really properly gone to all other sections, if you will. There you, you will be able to sustain your position in that higher realm with some previous realization of all the necessary steps. So, this humility is... Yeah, it's the all in all, basically. Sanatana Goswami says that humility uh, fosters prem, he says. And prem fosters humility. It's like it both act as cause and effect. And when you reach the highest realm, you will find, oh, these people are so humble. And today I was studying a little bit the Venu Gita of the Bhagavad. They have some classes to give about it. And it's interesting because the gopis are, <laughs> are hearing at the distance Krishna's flute. You know, he's entering into the pastures, pastures with his friends and cows. And the gopis cannot join him publicly, so you know, internally they join him. They have darshan, and they start to appreciate how the sound of that flute starts to affect each and every different uh, inhabitant of Braj. And, it, and each verse is for every species: you know, the deer, the cows, you know, the, the I don't know, the the, the bucks, ducks. Sorry, ducks. Yeah, ducks. Ducks. Ducks, yeah. Bucks, yeah. bucks is something else? Would be? Like a deer. Like a deer? Uh, like oh, a male deer. Yeah, would uh, be. Male deer. Okay, male deer. Birds. Okay. No, it's, and, and it's explaining how everyone else, like the calf is drinking from his mother when the sound of the flute comes, the calf like, just becomes uh, with, uh, the, all the milk that was in his mouth is like the water. Because like the sound, uh, and also the mother like closes the eyes and starts like in samadhi kind of moving, you know. and, the, and, the, and, the, and the birds are just standing very, very strongly. They are like standing on the on the on the branches because they fear. Oh, this sound is so like takes me to trance, so I may fall from the tree. And the and it and the gopis are feeling oh, and the and the and the deer in the same way, and the male deer are taking the wives to hear Krishna's flute. But instead, in our case, our husbands are not taking us to Krishna. There's some envy. So they start to compare themselves to every single species in Vrindavan. And always the conclusion is, they are so fortunate. And we are not so fortunate like them. Like the deer, like the bird, like this. They have such... And they appreciate everyone. And, they, and, and their feeling is, everyone is such a nice devotee of Krishna. But we... <laughs> I'm so unfortunate. That's and, and that's it's not just saying that, no, I mean you have to really <laughs> I'm gonna say walk the talk. <laughs> so 
this is important to, to embrace this humility according to our stage of course not imitating also <laughs> so some words regarding this was clear a little bit okay so let's keep worshipping the toenails she had enough and this is the first verse no? so he's starting properly there and gradually the presentation unfolds unpacks and develops okay something else mm. I wonder if you could expand a bit on humility then, um, especially in regards to like stages where we might, uh, more of us might be at, like you say, because it's not just, oh, I'm so humble, you know, this kind of thing. Uh, we we want to cultivate genuine humility, but we might not be at a stage uh, where the, you know, the, like Guru Maharaj explains, I think it's at later stages where real humility, deep humility comes. So. How do we avoid kind of being superficial about it, but still? Uh-huh. Humility. Mm. So yes, no, humility is yes, humility. Some form of humility should be there in every stage. You no, know? for example, Sikshastakam is very famous for his third verse, like in very official depiction of <laughs> our the four regulative principles for Gaudiya Vaishnavas. <laughs> we have the four regulative principles for becoming human beings. <laughs> it's important. <laughs> but we have four regulative principles about how to deal with Trinam, Sadhus, Sunichena, Aishnuna, Amanina, Anadina. There are like four like foundational pillars to construct you know, the, 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 the temple, the project of temple of love we want to establish in our heart no? so those four pillars will give well nishta no? those, the, the, that verse means nishta means, nishta means steadiness so if you want that your devotional project devotional temple <laughs> doesn't become no? doesn't go down eventually you have to have, have very nice established foundation no? like so one of them is humility but actually, all the verses in Sikshastakam are speaking about some form of humility. If you pay attention, every verse is a, an expression of humility. Because every verse represents some stage from Strata to Prem. And actually, every stage from Strata to Prem is the type of humility being exhibited there. Not only third verse is about humility. What about the, the, the higher stages? No more humility required there? <laughs> Maybe you there's no more necessity of humility regarding certain anarthas because I won't have those anarthas there. <laughs> but you see, Gopis and Vrindavan still have such humility without any trace of anartha. So humility will be expressed from another's place. But humility always should be there. So our concern should be even obsession, maybe healthy one. <laughs> what's the proper expression of humility for my present stage there has to be some it's not that oh now I reach such a stage that there's not humility required here if you think like that you are out of the practice <laughs> so so that will be a very healthy like constant research inner research introspection no? what's the proper type of humility as you question that is uh, uh, that I should be expressing in my present stage of course, you have to know what's your present stage. <laughs> so, so. Uh, we have information for that. I mean, if you are sincere, also you will realize, at least in a general way, where where I am, uh, which is my adhikar, as we spoke the other day. Adhikar means kar means to do, and adi means like like the how do you say in English? Like the like you can do something till till a top. You say. I reach my the top, my top, my the top of my capacity. So adhikar means that, like this is till you, no, you can do till now, till here. So to recognize that limit, and of course, keep practicing and expanding those limits, those capacities. 
And so you cannot, you, sh- you shouldn't be expressing a humility that is higher than your present situation, but you shouldn't be expressing a humility that is lower to your present situation. That's not humble at all. <laughs> because sometimes in the name of humility, we become so humble <laughs> that we end up doing nothing. <laughs> we are not taking the commitments we should take to our, according to our present situation. It's like if my mantra tells me, Omar, I'm so fallen that I feel totally incapable of, of, of parenting my, my teenage children now. Because I'm so fallen. So I won't do anything at all because I'm so fallen. Is that false humility? I may believe you that you may feel, oh, this is difficult, but well, humility means I recognize that <laughs> and I try to improve, no? to learn what to, how, to, how to be, how to, how, how to properly respond to what the situation is asking for me. Because also Krishna will never send us a test that we are not able to, to pass. No? I mean, any test may come to your life, it means Krishna knows that you can pass it. Maybe for passing, passing, yes. For passing, first you have to develop something, right? some potential, some prayer, some whatever. And that's the idea, of course. If not, it doesn't have meaning. Krishna sends you a test, and you don't have to do nothing, just walk and pass the test. I mean, that's not how life works. I mean, tests will come, and some, like, something will be required from you, some change, some progress. And then you pass the test, and well, that, that was the meaning of life. <laughs> and a new test will come, a new sacrifice will be done, you will grow and grow, grow closely to the, to the goal. So, so humility... I, 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 there's a nice story also to, to, that depicts how we should conceive humility, because sometimes, for example, we hear, no, we take the Gaudiya Giti Gucha, Songbook, <laughs> uh, we may go to the Saranagati section. Let's hmm? oh, open Saranagati. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so we can start singing, especially the first part of the songs that are dealing with the. Interestingly, we have these six stages of Saranagati. Very important for us to really know all this, not just like pirating, but really be there. <laughs> and the last one is Karpanye, which means humility. But interestingly, in Hiswaranagati, some book, Bhaktinotakur starts with that one. Like saying, Please, do not forget humility from the very beginning. <laughs> Some type of humility has to be there. Of course, you sing Bhakti Nath song and you realize, okay, some type of humility has to be there in my beginning, but Bhakti Nath Stakur's humility is not in my beginning stage. He's there after. <laughs> he expresses himself in such a way that if we imitate that, I think we become depressed and we end doing some psychic therapy. Because I'm the worst of the worst, I'm full of blast, I'm, I have envy for everyone, I'm only happy when the other one is suffering. So if you do not know from which side he's saying that, and you just repeat and try like to imbibe the mood <laughs> without having Thakur Bhakti Sadikar, I don't think you will really be able to go to the next song series of the <laughs> You will just become totally like depressed. You know, and that will be false humility. Because everything is st- still revolves ar- around you. I'm the worst, I cannot do that, and I'm full of this, and I, 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 and I, 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 it's, I mean, it's the other variety, as we said the other day, I'm the best, I'm the worst, but I, I'm Mameti. But Bhakti Nautakur is not singing from that side. So we should be able to grasp the essence of that and know how to apply his humility to our situation, present situation. <laughs> so, most probably we won't be able to, to express ourselves like Bhakti Thakur and feel what Bhakti Thakur is feeling. Because he's saying that and he's really crying and he's really sobbing, you say in English, like desperately and crying for mercy in a desperate... Generally, again, this type of humility is put at the end. And first, some other things are there, as, as you know, accepting what's favorable, rejecting what's unfavorable, trust, Krishna will protect me, 
accept his maintaining me surrender myself I do not belong I do not belong to myself I'm not so interested in knowing who I what belongs to me but who I belong to and after that extreme humility <laughs> like crying desperately for mercy separation mode and that's nice we hear about that we become inspired but we cannot imitate that no? so <laughs> we have to know well what to do with humility I cannot imitate that but I want some humility that, that is not imitation like it's not made in Taiwan <laughs> with all respect to Taiwan <laughs> so and I, I, I will say some things are re- about it one first of all I had I, there's a very nice definition of humility by Prabhupada Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur very broad and very practical and very real he says humility you have to follow closely humility is that thing which is absent when there is an enjoying spirit humility is that what is absent in the presence of an enjoying spirit which means if I am in enjoying spirit, in enjoying mood, it means I am seeing myself at the, at the cent- as the center. So that's not humble. <laughs> because when you really establish the center, it means you are establishing yourself also, and not as the center. <laughs> if you properly establish who is the center, naturally you will locate yourself where, where you belong as a unit of collaboration and service to the center. That's humility. But when you enter into enjoy mood and start to see people, situations like revolving around you and existing with the sole purpose of coming to your toenails, <laughs> that's not humble. So humility is that thing which is not present when the enjoying spirit appears. So that's an interesting way of measuring what humility. So humility may well mean I'll try to remain in basically as a, in a servant mood. That's a very practical way of measuring humility. Actually, being who you really are, that means humility. (laughs) If you really realize, I'm Jivera Sarubhai, Krishna Nityadas, I'm eternal servant of Krishna, that's humility. That requires humility. Just to say that and not. block your ears <laughs> eternal servant <laughs> of a lampata of a playboy <laughs> of a whimsical personality that you don't know what will be his next idea oh wow it requires humility no? <laughs> intelligence also no? humility is not just I forcibly surrender but it's something that you do with your own will. Actually, you surrender your will. You offer your own individuality to Krishna. That's what makes the thing good. I'll say flavory. <laughs> so Prabhupada Bhaktisiddhanta said that on one side. No? He said, humility is that which is, which is absent when there is enjoying mood. Of course, this is not black and white. It's not that you are in enjoying mood, you are not in enjoying mood. <laughs> there are so many grace in the middle of both streams. So you can pay close attention to how you are like... So Sambanda Gyan means that, no? Sambanda Gyan means a conceptual orientation that will show you how everything revolves around Krishna. So immediately that will invoke humility. When you start to study and realize what's the nature of this world, what's the connection of Maya Shakti with Shakti Man Bhagavan and Tatasta Shakti as dependent on the environment. I mean, you, if you really are paying attention to that, <laughs> you will be humbled. I mean, you, be, you will be humbled by that study. And, you will, and that, what follows that is Abhideya. Abhideya means you will act accordingly to that. Again, it's not easy. <laughs> and humility is required for accepting that. Accepting who you really are and who you can be. But when you are really intelligent, you realize who am I and who can be is much more better than the idea I have of me when I'm not humble. <laughs> my, my own idea about me when I'm not humble is so limited, miserable, selfish. So 
I should be, with my intelligence at least, I should conclude I have to be humble. It's so intelligent to be humble. <laughs> it's so convenient. So many advantages are there. Maybe it's a silly calculated project. <laughs> but well, we'll have to start somewhere. <laughs> I'm not wait to be self, the selflessness to knock your door from morning to night. You know, everything. <laughs> And also this humility will be also to, in this connection, to have the capacity of accepting how you, the possibility of being blessed in your life, and accept that blessing that may express through you in the form of some capacity, some talent, some mercy, some intelligence, some knowledge, some progress, that is not actually yours. So you accept what has come to you, but you do not put your signature below that. It's mine. Uh, appropriate. Uh, that's the problem. And that's a higher humility than saying, oh, I'm, I, I don't have any virtue, I don't have any, anything good is in me, I'm total rascal, and I'm humble because of saying that. And you are, maybe you are not being grateful by that because you are receiving so many gifts. Yesterday we gave a long list of gifts that Sri Guru gave us. So if you deny those gifts in the name of humility, that's not so appealing. It's not so humble, actually. You follow? So this this famous story of Ramanuja and his disciple, maybe you know it. I think I shared that in Poland. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'll tell again. <laughs> and I think I shared it in Madhuvan last time, who knows? <laughs> so there was one disciple of, of Ramanuja, Charya, who was very, very, like, uh, how do you say this? Dexterous? Dexterous? Dexterous. Like expert? Okay. <laughs> in many things, many, every field, actually. He cooked in the, like, heavenly planets. And he sings, he sang like Gandharva more, of course. <laughs> he was a great pundit, and many things were there. So the devotees his god-brothers went to him and said, Oh, Prabhu, you cook so nice. He said, Yes. <laughs> and your kirtans are like, without comparison. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like this, no? The devotees were like pointing all his different virtues and he always, he was like accepting that. No? So they started like to to become suspicious, say, oh, maybe he's becoming like full of him, full of himself. No, he's fooling himself by becoming full of himself. No? So he, they went like concerned for his dear god brother. They went to the guru, no, to three gurus, Ramanuja Charja. Say, well, such and such, he, I mean, he cooks this. He, he does so many nice things, and we, when we started to glorify him, he started like to to admit, yes. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> so we are concerned. Maybe he's become puffed, half proud, and you know, as the saying goes, pride comes before the fall. <laughs> he's like the trailer. <laughs> this is next. <laughs> so if be careful, no, it's like red light. No, if pride is coming, you know what's the next immediate <laughs> destiny. So they were concerned. So Ramanujacharya also was concerned. I called the disciple and said. Your God brothers told me this. They are concerned about you. They think that you may be puffed up because you say this, this, this. You tell me. You know? So the devotees say, Well, Gurudev, if I cook nicely, it's because of your mercy. If I sing incredibly, it's because of your mercy. If I am a great pundit, it's only because of your mercy. So if I deny those virtues in my life that came because of your mercy, I am denying your mercy in my life. So Ramanuja realized, wow, this is really the best devotee here. <laughs> he's doing it, cooks nicely, everything he's doing nicely, and he's humble also. No? So he realized, no, I mean, this does not belong to me. No? That's not so easy to do. <laughs> because we can say that outside, from mouth outside, no? No, this is Guru Maharaj's race. But internally, no? taking one part for us of the credit. <sighs> no? So that's our sincerity, no? how we are dealing with these things inside. No? Because sometimes praise may come 
or even not praise, not too much praise may come, but we are so capable of becoming proud for any stupid thing. I mean, not even praise is required for that. <laughs> Whatever. I am the one who wakes up later in the afternoon. Oh, no one can sleep like me. No one can over, <laughs> over nap like me. No? <laughs> whatever, whatever stupid thing. I mean, we can become private for the silliest thing of the world. So, what to speak is praise is coming and talents and capacity. Oh, that's a very delicate fine line. So, many virtues have a very powerful, big price. That is big humility in order to survive, especially in in bhakti I mean some other part of that one may not be required to be humble but here <laughs> and that's the danger as we spoke also in Poland no? when, even maybe when you start the practice you may not have too many virtues you don't have no, no knowledge at all <laughs> you don't know one single verse maybe you didn't know how to cook your manhood for you every, all the days of your life you didn't know how to sing, or maybe you were singing, but some other stuff. So, some Norwegian black metal, so <laughs> <laughs> not applicable in Kirtan. <laughs> so eventually, you sing, you learn some ragas, and you learn some nice preparations, and you learn some verses, and you start to know, have knowledge, and people, and followers, and praise, and oh, all those things were not before. So, and you start to make progress. Maybe you are embracing properly the practice. So, Rupa Goswami says, Kleshagni Subhada. Hmm? That happens in Sadhana Bhakti. He's not even speaking in Bhava Bhakti. Um, in Prem Bhakti, other qualities are there. Moksha, Laguta, Krita, etc. So, in Sadhana Bhakti, Kleshagni, miseries start to be burned, and arts start to be cleansed, and Subhada, all auspiciousness comes. He subdivides this suspiciousness, suspiciousness, mentioning the devotees become popular, become attractive to other people, everyone loves him, her, because he's developing nice qualities, no? so he becomes attractive. But what, what will you do with that attraction, power? <laughs> no? Remember, the all attractive is behind that. <laughs> you forget the all attractive, you won't be the all attractive. No? <laughs> so. So humility is always required for survival at every single stage of our practice. Because at every single stage of our practice, some fruit will come, some realization, some insight will come, some gift will come. So you have to know what to do when the gift is coming, how to properly honor that. That's with humility. So, <clears throat> so we should be humble. And being humble also means <laughs> to be humble in the sense of recognizing where I am now, to know which is the type of humility I have to express now, humility requires humility. And to know where you're standing, you have to be humble. <laughs> and not just let your mind think, oh, I'm this and this. I mean, if you really want to be humble and pray for humility, Krishna will show you where you are. No doubt at all. <laughs> or you may pray to Krishna, please send me. We also spoke about this in Poland. Like quoting Kunti Devi. He prayed to Krishna, Oh Lord, send me problems. <laughs> so if you don't know the context of the verse, the verse will look weird. And if you know the context of who is speaking the verse, the verse looks much more weird. Because Kuntis has gone through so many problems and still she's asking for more. But I was saying, for me, I mean, I'm, but we are not in a masochist tradition. Actually, the idea of give me problems, in, in a practical way, I feel give me problems means give me situations that will show me where I'm standing now. I need to know where I'm now. Because if tests are not there, you are not being put to test. You may have your own idea about who you are and where you are, but that's only science fiction in your mind. But when some test comes, and you realize, oh, I'm here. <laughs> Not as a sad thing or wrong thing, just a realistic thing. And you may, a humble a humility is, oh, I'm happy that someone is showing where I am. <laughs> and I, I'm happy to realize the false idea I have of who I was. That was not reality. This is where I am. And that's glorious. That's the point. I shouldn't become depressed. 
Oh, actually I am this, I thought I was that. <laughs> be humble, you will be happy. Oh, I'm so happy I'm showing where I am, but I, I'm receiving the, the tools for reaching my highest potential also. So there's no excuse, excuse, excuse to keep progressing. No? So, so it's important humility in that regard also, no? like to, to be willing to... When I say problems, I mean situations that require solutions. That's a problem, basically. <coughs> As when you were doing math- mathematics and the pro- teachers gave you a problem. Do you use the expression in English, a problem? A problem. <laughs> but the problem means you had to think more than you were accustomed to and some solution was required. So in one sense, there is no problem. There is a, a, a light, latent, latent solution waiting for you there <laughs> and when you do your part solution blossoms so where was the problem there was no actual problem <laughs> so, so if we are humble we will live our life in that way we really won't feel there are problems in the tragic sense but there are only some like things to be solved and things to be done my, by my part so everything that comes to my life is in order to show me that where I am what I need to do what I need to solve and, and, and learn to be happy with that dynamics because there won't be other dynamics in life <laughs> if you do not, do not know do not learn to how to cope you say in English how to cope with that you may become depressed you may become hypocritical self-cheating that means not humble, basically. <laughs> not humble means all the other things I mentioned now. And as we spoke the other day, to be like that is not very pleasing to Mother Earth. It's very heavy weight, very big burden. <laughs> not all, and for us as well. <laughs> so humility should be our greatest, like shelter and relief. Actually, <laughs> it shouldn't be a, tor- a torture. It should be relief- relieving. So we should approach humility in a way that is relieving. Because we can also approach humility in a neurotic way. And once Thomas Merton said that very nicely regarding humility. He said, humility is a virtue, not a neurosis. <laughs> so try to deal with humility in, in a virtuous way, not in a neurotic way. The rest, each one of us has to do our part and recognize where I am and try from there to, to to express the proper humility for that particular stage. Now that will be real beauty, as Bhakti Thakur say. When you act according to the, your adhikar, everything becomes beautiful. Everything that comes through you becomes beautiful because you are acting according to who you are now, but also according to who you can become according to your potential. So that combination is. It's very sweet, especially with the spice of humility. That's a great masala. <laughs> no better masala than, than that one. <laughs> so, and, and humility will attract so many other qualities. So many other qualities. Once one Christian, I think Saint Augustine, Augustine, you say in English, he was asked, "Which are the three most important virtues for a Christian?" Uh, we can extend this, no problem. <laughs> and he said, well, first of all, humility. Second, humility. And third, pride. <laughs> humility. So, like, trying like to start this very important. But again, no, some idea of what humility should, is important because if not in the name of humility, again, we may invoke an exact, the exact opposite of that and just remain in the center, victimizing ourselves and attracting, wanting to attract attention from an unhealthy place. And so many prayers and so many guidances there to, to show us which is the type of humility we should be expressing. But in brief words, just to close this, Third verse of Sikshastagam is there, and second verse of Sikshastagam is there also. Important. The second one, Guru Maharaj explained in his Sikshastagam commentary. And this, the type of humility is there, which is the type of humility? Oh, Harinam. You have 
you all Krishna, you have thousands of names, unlimited variety of them. All shaktis are there, no fast or hard, hard rules to follow on one side of the scale. On the other side, I don't have any attraction for that. <laughs> so that's the type of humility. Hmm? This contrast. Not like Rupa Goswami made the contrast. Jewel necklace, different contrast, of course. Himapras is all the things in Harinam, Nanuraga. I don't have Anuraga. I don't feel attracted to follow in the footsteps of all the names. So that's the type of humility. You accept your lack of taste, but you also accept, I would like to have taste. That's a positive content. And in the midst of that, some repentance. Healthy one. It was the proper word, repentance? Oh, uh, Remember that in yeah, Poland yeah, I said, remorse. 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 Okay, repentance is more like, like this, huh? <laughs> Okay, yeah, that was the point. We were laughing in Poland because I mistake the two words. So healthy remorse, no? Like I'm praying for developing this state. So when you have that, a different type of humility will be waiting for you in the third verse of success. You know, so okay, we should deal with that healthy. We should become like emotionally, psychologically balanced also in our practice. So be careful of maintaining those, that horizontal development properly. Humble, humility also there <laughs> and, and gradually someday we, we, we may cry and sob as Pak Trinotaku was doing Kisarna <laughs> ok so I think it's already time Shri Lavrude Patita Bhavana Ki Jai Shri Man Mahaprabhu Ki Jai Shri Harinam Sankirtan Ki Jai Shri Shri Dauji Gupalji Ki Jai Jai Krishna Mastami Mahotsav Ki Jai Gaur Bhakta Vrinda Ki Jai Gaur Prima Jai